Some years back, it was the business that pushed information and that had all the information. Uh, today, things have changed. Clients and potential clients have all the information. They decide where the business will go because they decide if they will purchase or not. Yeah. And, and, com and competition is even, even higher today. Uh, and the more you can understand the motivations, uh, the pains, pain points, uh, the, the drive, the context, the reality of, of, your, of your client or your potential client, the more you can adapt your product, your offering, your message, uh, your tone to that person. And, and this is where empathy comes, comes in. Hi, and welcome back to Entrepreneurs Talk Africa, your source of inspiration and action from African leaders and founders. I'm Jason Delory, innovator and entrepreneur, and I have the pleasure of being your host today. And today I'm really excited about the show we have for you. Some of our listeners may remember me talking about the Eureka moment I had in marketing. In our early episodes, I think it was about episode three, I spoke about this Eureka moment. And lucky enough today, we have the source of that inspiration and that epiphany, Bertie Tonta. Hi, Bertie. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me today. Uh, thanks for being here. So just to give our listeners a bit of background, Bertie is the founder of Lead Stock, a consultancy firm specializing in sales-driven digital marketing. His, his career spans 20 years and has enabled him to follow and somewhat merge his two passions of technology and marketing. Working with leading companies and big names such as Philippe Stark, one and only Saint Germain, just to name a few. We're so pleased and happy to welcome Bertie. So Bertie, what drove you to the marketing industry and, and what sparked your interest in marketing? Actually, they're, they're interesting. There, there are two questions there. Uh, what drove me to marketing was actually the, the wrong reasons. Uh, I, I knew I was going to do marketing uh, when I was at, at the secondary school. Uh, and I decided to do marketing because at that time, people were saying, well, well there, there's, um, there's a career, career direction there. It's a promising field. Mm -hmm. So the only box I ticked uh, regards to why I was going to do marketing is that what well, people said that there's career there. Yeah. Uh, when did I really got interested and excited about marketing is, uh, well, several, several years later. Uh, in my last year at the university, uh, in my uh, course on management and marketing, uh, what happened is that over the years I've covered, well, every topics regarding marketing, uh, communication, advertising, uh, marketing research interesting but nothing exciting what uh, what really triggered everything is when i had to start my dissertation mm -hmm. uh, we had to look for a subject and uh, while going through the list of all the, the subjects i stopped at one topic direct marketing uh, often people confuse direct the term direct marketing with direct sales Mm -hmm. And even when I was at the university, the maximum we had on, on direct marketing covered like two paragraphs in a textbook. <laughs> uh, it's a nutshell, you send catalogs to people via mail uh, or brochure via, via the post. Uh, they got it in the mailbox. That's direct marketing. Ah, okay. But what I yeah. uh, and, and this is like 25 years back on a subject that already had decades long of practice yeah. uh, at that time. But what was interesting there is that when I started to drill down, I discovered three passion, three areas of three topics that are passion for me. First, marketing, indirect marketing, starts okay. with a list. Starts okay. with a list, a list of people, slash a database. Okay. Then you have a binding offer that's uh, for these leads, that's engaging for these leads, for this list. And then you must, you must have measurable results. You must be able to mm -hmm. say, 
for every single letter I spent that has cost me one rupee, I have got X amount of sales, X value of sales. This is the aha moment. <laughs> because it all makes sense. Because this was an area where I could do something and measure the outcome and say, well, I'm happy because I can see the results. You get that gratification from, from yeah. what your work you're doing. Exactly. Great. Yeah, and we see in your career, you, you very much focus in the marketing field, but later you then, um, you then start your own company, you found your own company. And, and it'd be interesting to find out, I mean, did, uh, did you do a similar thing and you ticked a box and became an entrepreneur because you saw potential there? Or uh, what drove you to entrepreneurship? Uh, interestingly, again, it happened. I, I can I consider myself becoming a formal entrepreneur. Uh, this happens only happened only four or five years ago when I when I decided to to, to start and say, well, I'm starting my own business. Uh, but over the twenty years uh, career I had, uh, I had the chance to be involved with people who have brought me on board, not like an employee, ah, okay. but like like a partner. At least. Uh, I got a friend uh, who was a photographer who wanted to, to develop his, 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 his company mm -hmm. and approached me and told me, well, uh, do you want to work with me? And I said, yes, but I, I don't have the, the assets. I don't have the experience uh, to be a partner. Uh, so he recruited me, but he, we worked at Fosnes. We took decisions together. Fantastic. And a few years later, yeah, yeah. And a few years later, through uh, this partnership, we met someone who himself told, me, told us, well, you have an interesting thing going on here. Uh, would you like me to be part of the adventure? So he was a business angel who invested in a project we developed mm -hmm. and who almost literally gave me and uh, the, this friend the reins to push the company to, to another level. So, but at this stage, I was still not considering myself as an entrepreneur, but the mindset was there. So, uh, uh, but concretely, it's the moment when I said, well, I, I, I'm ready to go by myself like three, four, five years ago. Uh, that when I was on the crossroad of, well, get, either I go for a job, another job, or start a new business. This is when I say, well, I want to be myself this time. Great. Yeah, and it's interesting the, the way that partnership works. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs out there, sometimes they don't realize that some of your work can be you know, included as sweat equity. Just because you might not have the assets doesn't mean you can, can't add value to, to a company or to an enterprise. So, I mean, that's a really interesting story. And it, it shows that you, you, you were bit by the bug, as they say, for entrepreneurship. And once you had a taste for it, you, you, you went out and, and started your own company. Um, yeah. one, of the, one of the things that we actually um, see from our interviews and, and in the entrepreneurship ecosystem is that ability for, for people to try endeavors and, and fail, uh, but then also the ability to learn from that failure. So I was wondering, uh, would you be willing to share, I mean, one of your failures along your journey and, and what you learned from that failure? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I've... Well, as everyone, uh, in the professional business context, I've, I've known ups and lows. Mm -hmm. uh, but strangely, I've never considered my lows as failures. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, I've almost considered them as part of the process of doing things better. Yep. Part of the process of getting to the next level. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it was... I either didn't get it as, as far as I wanted to or as high as I desired, but it was in that direction and it was uh, building up uh, towards something. And if I, I would share a failure, um, it was an episode where, where I, I was actually in, in, the, in the context of being employed. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and, and this is what's critical. This was the, the, this, this crossroad I, I mentioned just before, yeah. uh, where I joined that company and over two years, uh, I had the feeling that I was bringing positive input to the company. And I'm the first to recognize that it's, it was a joint effort 
in, in, in for example, doing record sales over two years. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, uh, business and the sales cycle being what it is, there are ups and lows. Of course. And uh, I, I was getting feedback that uh, people were not happy with my, my performance or with my input. And this was a personal frustration because you, you had the feeling that you were putting the energy, but then the feedback you were getting was, was, was not what you were, you, you thought you were, you yeah. were on. And how did you and, deal with uh, that? First, first phase was, was, uh, uh, was engaging in, in a discussion, an exchange with the person giving me or the person giving the feedback and say, well, uh, what, are, what are the expectations and what, what are the realities and how can we align? But at, at some point you, you realize that, that uh, expectations are different or uh, what you are uh, looking for or looking at uh, are different. Uh, but this was, we can, we, I can put that on a failure because we, we were not aligned on what we were achieving. And this is, what I, this is the moment when I, when I decided and said, well, it's time for me to move ahead. Okay. Uh, because I'm not happy because I'm not getting the, the, the response or the, the result I'm, I'm striving uh, for. Uh, and uh, I think I'm convinced that I may have a chance uh, to, to do more in another context. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, and this was actually the accelerator that said, "Well, Bertie, yeah, I think you're ready." Okay. Yeah, that's great. Ready to go to next. Yeah. Yeah. No. And and that's really interesting. And and you know, I think it is so key for for that communication and alignment of goals because if we don't agree on what success looks like how will we ever mm. both get there so yeah that's really interesting and 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 the fact that it acted as a catalyst for you to explore other opportunities is yeah. is is really interesting and, and sometimes we just need that push to to yeah. you know take that step out into the unknown yeah and, and as i said it, it's it's a process because what i learned from that is that uh the and which is part of my process today with people i work mm -hmm. with mm -hmm is whenever I start a project with someone, uh, we start with, let's align on our objectives. Mm -hmm. What do we want to achieve in the next three months? And what do we want to see on paper in the next three months? Let's align on that. And this is the, the, the snapshot at the, at, at the beginning. Yeah, and um, I can attest uh, for, for the listeners who, who may not be aware, you know, I, I had the pleasure of, of working with you at the early stages of, of my company, True To Me, and, and you very much came in uh, with that empathetic view where you were able to, okay, firstly, understand where we were coming from, um, understand what our goals and, and our outcomes want, that we wanted, and then, you know, sitting back and, and working on a plan from there. But one of the things that struck me during the early time of our relationship was this um, almost this importance that you put on empathy and, and, and how you align empathy to like the basics of, of marketing is, is understanding truly being able to put yourselves in the shoes of, of the people that you, either you're selling or users or whatever it may be. Now, why do you think empathy is so essential in marketing? Uh, I discovered over time and increasingly today in modern times, uh, that uh, I've told that to so many people today that, that, that it's no longer a secret, but I, I believe for, for some time that it was a secret of the, of the success of, of marketing today. Yep. Uh, when I was introduced to marketing, uh, my, my lecturers told me that, well, there, there were different phases in marketing. The first phase was the product phase where people had products and they pushed the products to clients. <laughs> then there was the competition uh, and with competition came the sales stage where people promoted features and did advertising, et cetera. And then everyone started to do that. And then uh, they, they realized that people had needs okay. and that you had to understand the needs of people. And then we started to segment and do what we call modern marketing. But what this, I discovered over, over, over the past few years is that there, is a, that there has been a change in the mindset of the clients. Uh, some years back, it was the business that pushed information and that had all the information. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Uh, today, things have changed. Clients and potential clients have all the information. Okay. They decide where the business will go because they decide if they will purchase or not. Yeah. And, and, in com and competition is even, in, even higher today. Uh, and the more you can understand the motivations, uh, the pains, pain points, uh, the, the drive, the context, the reality of, of, your, of your client or your potential client, the more you can adapt your product, your offering, your message, uh, your tone to that person. And, and this is where empathy comes, comes in. Because if you can't make that move, if you can't connect to that person, how can you deliver a message? How can you deliver uh, uh, a product that will help him solve his problem? Because if you can't help him solve the problem, he'll go elsewhere. So you have, not a choice, you have to make your best understand what he really wants and what he really feels so that you can adapt your message, your offer, your tone, yourself uh, to, to that person. Yeah, I mean, it sounds so true. And what you're saying at the end of the day, you know, they're the ones buying or parting money with the product. So they really need their problem to be solved in order to, to part with the money or, or whatever it may be to, to receive it. You know, and, and if, I, if I can add that, just, yeah, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Yes, if I can add something. What I've also discovered over time is that uh, you, you mentioned, you use the word part with their money. Mm -hmm. okay? uh, it's very real. This, this is what, how people feel when they are making a purchase. And, uh, and for them to part with their money, uh, they have to be confident in the action they are doing. Mm -hmm. And for you to position yourself as in his top three, top two and top one choice, you have to create trust mm -hmm. and to create trust you have to connect with him yeah. he or she has to relate with you mm -hmm. and for this to happen this is where empathy is important if you can have this empathy and if he she feels you can connect and relate then it's not parting it's with the money it's trusting you with that money and and strategically is interesting because you can create a barrier to entry to competition if you can create that trust. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's such a good point. And, and you know, um, as I was, I mentioned earlier when, when uh, we worked together and you gave me that eureka moment in marketing, one of, one of the things that changed my perception was actually, um, I consider marketing now is basically you're trying to be that best friend of that person, giving them a recommendation. You know, it's about exactly. developing a relationship that if, if you say, hey, you know, uh, whether I got a new car, whatever the case may be, and, and you recommend that, you trust that person's opinion, you trust them enough to be like, okay, let me go see. It must be a good product uh, if, yeah. they are, if they're suggesting it to me. And, and that's yeah. something that, uh, that empathy allows you to do. But yeah. unfortunately, not all of us can be empathetic. And I think, you know, some of us are a lot more empathetic than others. Is, is there anything that you can do to, to build this empathy or to get better at being empathetic? Well, difficult question. I'm, I'm not a psychologist, but uh, <laughs> uh, what, what I've learned actually, what I've read is that uh, for parents outside, yeah. uh, the first five years are critical. So uh, yeah. if you want to, your kid to be a good marketer, the first five <laughs> years are <laughs> Start them young, huh? Start them young. <laughs> uh, but but what, what, I, what I would say is that uh, you, you either bo you're, you're born with that, or you, okay. you're lucky enough to be to be to, to meet people and uh, around people have experiences that get this mm -hmm. to be developed. Mm -hmm. uh, but then there, there's business. You, you are forced to do that. Yeah. Uh, you you have to just put that on your list uh, and say, well, I have, I need to connect to that person. How do I connect? How do I listen more? I, how, how do I uh, relate? Uh, and, and you force you to that. Uh, if you, you're not predisposed to that, then you force you to that if you want to be successful in, in, in that field. Like in many areas, I'm not good in maths, but I have to do maths. So yeah. uh, I force, me through that, to force myself to that. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. 
Um, I speak to to some of the the tools that that um, you introduced me to, and and also um, that that you helped me develop um, a better understanding of of my customer, which is pointing at that customer persona and, and the customer journey that really opened my mind up. And and I must say, you know, I think uh, uh, for those of you who know my co-founder Eva, she's the empathetic one in 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 the company, and she's able to really put her self in the shoes of our customers. But I must say the customer personas and customers journey really helped me in order to do this. Um, do you think that that is something that, you know, all companies should be doing or even people who might not be inclined to be empathetic sh should still try and do and still try and uh, explore? Actually, actually, that, that, that's, that's the way to look at it. Uh, when we talk about, about empathy and how we apply that in business. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, we can go into long details in, uh, in defining pers uh, personas, etc. But, but log the, 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 the logic behind is that I want to understand that person as much as possible. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, I draft a list. What are his motivations? Mm -hmm. uh, what are the pain points? Mm -hmm. uh, what are his drive? In what context is he living? You mentioned something interesting. If I was the best friend of that person, Mm -hmm. What would I know about him or her? Ah, yeah. What would I be sharing with him or her? Mm -hmm. So without me being empathic, mm -hmm. I'm asking questions that are, that are driving me towards empathy, but more interestingly about defining the persona. And the closer I, 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 I reach, I define this persona, then the better I can highlight one point or a series of points over which I want to communicate. The closer you come to answering these questions as a best friend, sharing moments or years with that potential client, uh, the better you are in a position to, to, to have a message, to share a comment with that, with, with that client, uh, which is the objective. Yeah, yeah. You, you also mentioned buyer's journey. Yes. As, as another topic. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and this is where, where, where we, we can start to become technical now uh, mm -hmm. on the marketing context and on, 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 on conversion. Uh, this is key today in, in, in marketing, is what I believe. Uh, understanding the, the, the buyer's journey. Again, I won't bring technical details, theoretical details, but the logic is as follows. Is that any point in time, when someone is coming, is opening, uh, coming to your showroom or coming to your website, which is the area I work on. Uh, he's, a, he's in a specific mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, he may uh, be interested in buying that car you mentioned earlier on. I yeah. want to buy a car because mm -hmm. I have decided that I will buy a car. Mm -hmm. okay. But I could also be in a context where I'm still asking myself if I'm, I'll buy a new car if I'll, I'll buy a second-hand car, mm -hmm. uh, if I'll have a lease, mm -hmm. uh, if even I have, a, I have the budget for that, and I'm exploring my mm -hmm. options. Mm -hmm. So what happens in, uh, with, with uh, companies or businesses uh, very, very often is that when we create websites, or especially websites or, or digital marketing campaigns, okay. is that we go from the assumption that we have an offer uh, that, that people will immediately trigger and buy and yeah. signal themselves that I want to buy. Uh, and there is a bunch of people who are in this group. But what we are missing is the 60, 70, 80, 90% of people who are just discovering your offer, who yeah. will now start to get into thinking about it or are in the middle of that process and come and see the message or see the website and say, well, I can shortlist that one. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that we have no, no strategy for them because yeah. the only contact form we have on our website is uh, tell us when you want to buy. <laughs> yeah. But we don't have a form asking them, uh, do you want to have information on how leasing can help you make your next purchase? Yeah. Uh, so this is where, where the, the uh, integrating the buyer's journey, i.e., that is, people are at different stages of the decision process mm -hmm. in making a purchase, and that we have to align 
our marketing actions, our marketing message, and our, our, our conversion tools to these different uh, stages. Yeah, and I think, you know, it, it marries really well with, in order to do that, you need to have the empathy. You need to understand that person. And then you need to know how they move that down that journey before they, they purchase the, the, the car, for example. Yeah, and I think that all ties in. And I know your, your company specializes in, in lead conversion. And, and I think leads, I think, you know, most of our audience will understand, you know, this is someone who has the potential. It's a lead, the potential of, of, of buying your product. But what do you mean by the term lead conversion exactly? Like, how, how would you phrase it? Okay. Um, say you have... 100 persons that come to your website, okay? Uh, how many of these 100 persons will take contact with you, will, will get in touch with you, will fill up a form and say, I want to get more information, okay? So lead conversion is the process uh, in which an anonymous visitor on your website, anonymous meaning that he is just someone who you don't know who he is, okay. opens a form and identifies himself and says, I am Bertie and here is my email address. And while, when I push on the button submit, I just converted into a lead. I converted from an anonymous visitor into a lead and this is a converted lead. Okay. And, and, is it similar to, to a sales pipeline? Would you call it a marketing pipeline? Because I know uh, some of the way that we deal with sales is similar to that. Yeah. Well, how I, well, I, uh, how I break it down, but this, is, this is the usual practice. Uh, I have two funnels, actually. Uh, we have the marketing funnel and the sales funnel. Okay. And uh, to, to put it, things in simple terms is that uh, someone who comes on the website and requests a brochure, mm -hmm. he enters the marketing funnel. Okay? Mm -hmm. uh, he just requested the brochure. Mm -hmm. He didn't say he wants to make a purchase. No. Okay? So he enters the marketing funnel. And then if you want to go into the details, but this is someone entering the marketing funnel. Now, uh, a few months, weeks later, uh, I've sent him an email. Uh, in the email, there was a link, and he comes to the website. Mm -hmm. And on the website, he finds a product that is very interesting. Mm -hmm. okay. And now he says, uh, I want to buy this specific product, mm -hmm. which is at this price, mm -hmm. and I want three items of that. Send me a quote for this product. Okay. Yeah. He has signal uh, a very specific uh, variables yeah. that can trigger the sales process. Okay. Then you can engage a salesperson with that, uh, with that uh, lead so that he, the salesperson can accompany this lead until he makes that purchase. So mm -hmm. I split that really into two parts. The yeah. marketing funnel where the marketer has mm -hmm. brought someone from his banner to the website, yeah. got someone who signed up for a newsletter or a brochure. Yeah. He's a marketing lead. Uh, in the marketing funnel yeah. and the sales funnel that lead who says I want to buy a product and signals it very concretely great so there's this basically there's this you know passing of the baton in the relay race of the 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 stages as they go through so it takes a, a, a working relationship between both the marketing funnel and the sales funnel in order to get that end result that, that we're looking for and I think a lot of the times we have that entrepreneurial or, or the entrepreneur's conundrum where build it and they will come. You know, a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs can, can build some great, great products and they have that tendency, like once they've built the product, they're like, okay, I'm going to advertise on Facebook. Everybody knows that now I, I have this amazing product, but then nobody comes, nobody buys their product, nobody converts to their website. So why do you think it's important for the entrepreneurs to be focusing on conversion, not necessarily just marketing or advertising? Uh, simple. This is the bottom line. Sales. 
Uh, you can have the greatest idea in the world if you are a profit-making company. Yeah. Sales is what drives all your actions. So how I, how I like to, 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 uh, to, to uh, uh, describe that is that in, I've, been, uh, uh, I've been at the head of startup, okay? Mm-hmm. And I've been passionate about the tools and uh, technology I've used, we've used. And I've learned also that, well, you can be locked in that product focus excitement uh, yep. context. Uh, so how I like to see that is that uh, first you go and think and explore and, and excite yourself with that product. This is the phase, mm-hmm. the product development phase. Yep. But then you have, as an entrepreneur, you know that you have to sell. Yeah. So you must be able to put that hat, that, that developer hat uh, on, on, the, on the table and say, now I need to sell. Now, how can, how can I, with this exciting product I've developed, really help this, this client uh, do things better? Mm-hmm. What is exciting that I've done that is really, really useful for that person? And then focus on that person and work backwards to the product. Yeah. And it almost takes a bit of um, what would we say, you know, educating your customer as well uh, with, with what pain points your product is, is you know, solving. Uh, and one of the things uh, I think after, and it did come much after our interactions and you passing on a lot of your knowledge was, one of the things I look at now and, and I find it so crazy is sometimes I look at entrepreneurs um, who have their businesses and they are spending large amounts of money, particularly in, in the case of startups where they, they might not have so much access to capital. So even the amount that they're spending is considerable to them. They spend it on advertising and Facebook campaigns and getting eyes on their website, for example, you know. And they have this like, oh, I got, you know, 10,000 10, eyes on my website. But then the, the thinking changes with like, okay, well, how many of those actually bought? And not mm-hmm. a lot of people spend a lot of time, effort, and resources increasing the percentage of, as you call it, the conversion of leads. Now, why do you think there's so much focus on that advertising stage? and not so much focus on the conversion part. I find it so strange. Well, uh, well uh, I, I think the, the subject, well, uh, first just to, just to be, to be uh, realistic on, on, the, on, the, on, on how we all work. Yeah. Uh, we are excited with what we, what we create. That, that's yeah. not reality, that's natural. Okay, mm-hmm. and and uh, we want to work on that. We we spend uh, hours on that. We don't count hours we spend on that. Yeah, okay. uh, that's natural. Then then when we when we we are happy about that, we want to share our success mm-hmm. in creating that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is our focus. This is natural. I think it's yeah. human. Yeah. Uh, and the the issue is that uh, I, I like to share this this parallel with uh, sometimes I, I speak with with young uh, young. Uh, designers mm-hmm. uh, who at the heart uh, which they have to at some point make a choice I'm either an artist yeah. or I'm a designer <laughs> the artist can create spectacular things okay. uh, beautiful things okay. but what they create are not made to sell mm-hmm. a designer designer cre- puts in creative a creative process with the objective to sell. So he chooses to use only 5% of his creative capacity mm. to design something new that will sell. Mm-hmm. So, so the first phase of, of, for, the, for the entrepreneur is say, well, I have to, 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 to make that move from I'm an entrepreneur, creator of a new product, mm-hmm. to I'm a manager. Yeah. I'm a businessman who has to mm-hmm. sell. Mm-hmm. So I think this is only the first phase. Yeah. Uh, now, the, the reality is that when, when we, Jason and, 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 and we, we too spoke about conversion optimization, yeah. this is actually uh, a quite new subject for Mauritius mm-hmm. in the world. People talk about mm-hmm. SEO, search engine yeah. optimization. They talk about digital yeah. marketing. Mm-hmm. Even professionals 
have not been exposed to that, yep. to that concept. So the, the, the business and the industry itself uh, has not been uh, driven to that direction. Why, I think, is that uh, when we talk about communicating our product, it is often driven by communication people, yeah. not by salespeople. Yeah. Not by salespeople. You said earlier that uh, there is this bridge that not happened between marketing and sales. Yeah. Uh, communication and digital campaigns have all, often, have all, almost always been driven by communication and purely marketing people. Mm. But if you come from point of view of sales, mm. then conversion becomes important. Yeah. Then you start to think that way. So entrepreneurs should at some point say, I need to sell. I need yeah. to sell. I need to sell and start to look for ways to sell and not just bringing more people to your site and just getting more likes. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm Yeah, exactly. And you say it, you know, sometimes, sometimes those likes, uh, if only they were dollars or if only they were, they were cash <laughs> because uh, it seems to be their metric for success is how many likes, you know, a campaign has got. And, um, and, and like you say, it is, it is a relatively, you know, new field and it, it is something that, you know, even on the ground here, when I talk to people and I, in the industry, and it's not necessarily something that is front and center. And, and what, why one of the big reasons I wanted to bring you on the show and get you to share your knowledge, uh, and which we're so thankful for, is that element, because once you think about it, like once you are told it, I never looked at marketing the same again, because uh, as you say, you need to be able to measure the metrics. You need that bridge between the sales team and the marketing team. They shouldn't almost work, uh, you know, a lot of the times they're different departments that don't have much contact with each other. But that relationship needs to be strong in order to get that traction. And as they say, you know, bring people to, to your website or your product or whatever it may be. But um, a lot of our listeners out there may be coming from very different industries and, and very different backgrounds or different clients and, and very different, um, you know, personas, if, if we want to say. Do you think this concept works across every industry, uh, both digital and physical, or is it something that's only able to be done in, in the digital world? I know you focus mainly on digital. Oh. Uh, interesting question. So, uh, I don't like to, to, to lock myself into theoretical concepts. I prefer the logics behind. Okay. okay. So, often when we talk about conversion rate optimization, we talk about, we talk about the digital context. Okay. Uh, but I come from a, a, a different standpoint. Uh, I, I told you earlier that when I start a project, I start with the objective. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I work backwards. So yeah. if, we, if, we, if we start from that point. So if I'm a business, my first objective is my profit. Okay, among other things, HR, yeah. PR, etc. Okay, of course. Uh, but bottom line, financially, I start with my profit. My profit is the result of the, the number of items I sell and the price. Okay, so I need to have the right price and I need to sell certain volume of items. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I work backwards. How can I sell these polio items? Okay. Uh, I can sell it online or I can sell it offline. I can push a team of people on, 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 uh, on, uh, on site, meeting, mm-hmm. meeting potential clients, or I can use the web. Yep. For me, for me uh, and, and I think I told you that also is, I often start with my simplifying things by saying, I do conversion rate optimization. Mm-hmm. But actually what, what we are trying to do is get more sales. <laughs> yep. And, and uh, now if I come back to conversion rate optimization is that every industry who wants to be profitable has, has to sell. Mm-hmm. So we have to use the logic of conversion rate. We can use that logic mm-hmm. in almost any, every industry. Okay. However, however mm-hmm. uh, we won't have the same tools we won't have the same tactics and we won't have the same results based on different tools. A simple example, in B2C, just to, to, yep. so people can relate, in, generally in B2C, uh, digital actions, uh, social media bringing people to the website, uh, banners bringing people to the website, uh, these tend, the, 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 
conversion tactics that we use on the websites tend to work quite well okay, yeah. when we are in B2C. When we are in B2B, these mm -hmm. same digital actions are, are sometimes and even often harder uh, to, 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 to work. Yeah. Because the mindset of people being exposed to these banners and to the website is different. Yeah. So you can use uh, these conversion tactics uh, for, for B2B, but you must adjust your expectations mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and say, for example, that instead of uh, expecting that I will get people that will buy, yeah. I want to get people that will signal interest as marketing, qualified, marketing leads. Yeah. Then my sales team will be triggered mm. to speak with these people. Yeah. Uh, another context. Uh, and this is why the logic is more important than the, than, than, than the tools used. Yeah, yeah. Uh, B2C, B2C uh, high, pro, high net worth individuals, real estate. Okay? Yeah. Uh, often they work as B2B because if someone uh, is considering buying a multi-million dollar house somewhere in Mauritius, yeah. he might not be that person looking for that home, for that house. Yeah. He has a broker, he has someone else doing that. So it's difficult in that context to increase this conversion rate mm -hmm. uh, on the website. But yeah. you, you can integrate the logic of saying, I need to convert more people on my website. Yeah. What are the techniques I can use on that website to convert mm -hmm. the lead, taking into account personas and the buyer's journey. Mm -hmm. But I know that with regards to the context, B2C, high net worth, high volume, B2B, yeah. this is what I will get. And what do, what do I do with this pool of leads, given my context, mm -hmm. on the way forward towards sales? Yeah, that's really interesting. And from what I'm understanding, I think you, from what you're saying is the logic is key and the logic is applicable throughout the different industries, different um, mediums as well. And even uh, offline or online, the logic is there. It may not be exactly the same in terms of how you measure it. Like for example, you're talking about on a website with B2C, it's much easily, much more easy to, to measure it uh, specifically and, and have a targeted measuring. Whereas for example, on, a, on other aspects, whether it be B, uh, B2B or even in physical sales, like uh, we had that example of uh, a car, a car selling a car for example you could apply the same logic and say uh, look if I put this car in my showroom at the front it's a four by four car so I'm going to cover it in mud and put it on top of a, on top of a rock will this convert will I get more sales this month versus last month um, so yeah. the, the thinking and the logic is the same however the measurement and and the the ability to understand it more is, is better online than in yeah. person, but the logic is the same. And if, 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 you, if, you, if you have one minute for, so for me just to clarify that logic and, and, and expand yeah. on what you said, yeah. the logic is, 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 is that simple. Yeah. Uh, people uh, are at different stages of their buyer's process, mm -hmm. of their decision process. Yeah. For example, that's for that showroom where you have that car. Okay? Yeah. Instead of the first time you meet that person and you try to push that car into, into, his, his, uh, his, uh, into his budget, yeah. you might just want to create that first trust, connect mm -hmm. to that person. Okay. Uh, what are you looking for? What are your interests? Uh, what mm. kind of... Yeah. You, you, are, you are trying to establish that connection okay? yeah. to the minimum, minimum you want to have. You know what? I want to, that guy to leave me my, his phone number and an email address. This is the minimum I want because I know that he wants to buy that car now, but if I can get his phone number and his email at this first contact, I can always nurture a relationship for the mm -hmm. coming weeks Awful. and months. Great, yeah. This is the logic. And continuing that logic, while I'm exploring, I'm trying to connect with that person I can also identify, that's why the empathy part is important. I can immediately identify that actually he's gone through the process. He has made all the, 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 considered all the options. Mm -hmm. I can propose him a test drive immediately because if he's not ready for a test drive, I'm pushing him for a test drive, he mm -hmm. will feel that is an aggressive sales 
person trying yeah. to sell me that car. Yeah. yeah. So this is logic. Aligning our, our sales speech and our marketing pitch to the stage the person is in his sales process and more importantly, mm-hmm. ensure that you record his contact detail so you can nurture uh, moving forward. Great, yeah. And I think that word nurture is so key, is, is nurturing that that potential customer through the stages at their own pace and you know as we all know there's nothing worse than a pushy salesman and and i think we automatically close off and and i think this positioning as as marketers as being the trusted friend who gives you the advice and at and Mm. joins you through that journey at your own pace um i think is a is a much more effective way to sell than uh previous and and i do agree with you the logic is applicable i feel regardless of industry it may be slightly different but it is applicable and and i, I thanks for giving us a, a good real case example in 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 the physical sense of a product mm-hmm. so really approach that um so i know um we are approaching the end and and i just wanted to get before before we go uh for the people who may now be be looking at, at maybe you know taking on some of uh, what we've spoken about with with the lead conversion or conversion rate optimization what tips or tricks or, or even softwares would you encourage people to, to look or, or what has helped you um, in, in, in your career uh, for, for focusing on conversion rate optimization? Okay. Uh, <clears throat> we have the, the, the key behind conversion rate optimization is uh, getting someone to, to, to fill up a form. So okay. on your website, you should have forms okay. and the forms you have, the forms you have on your website mm-hmm. should address, should, should speak to people who are different stages of the digital process. Mm-hmm. So you should have a form, for example, subscribe to newsletter. Okay. For those who are at this stage, those who are in the middle, in the real estate, for example, have a form, yeah. uh, get our buyer's kit, get our decoration kit. Mm-hmm. And forms for those who are uh, at the decision stage. That is, uh, get in touch, uh, schedule a visit. Mm-hmm. Okay? You, have, you must have forms who address people at the different stages. Okay. Then, uh, you must be able to measure what people are doing on, on your website. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, because you really have to almost mechanically uh, be able to move things around. Move the form up, move the form down and uh, change uh, the, the, the location of a specific page mm-hmm. because that form is too far from that person uh, when yeah. it comes to website, yeah. you need closer. And to do that, you need, you need an statistics. Okay. And Google Analytics is a central tool. So uh, open okay. a Google Analytics account, make sure you're connecting it to your website mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, start tracking what people are doing on your website. And you'll start to have insights that 70% of people are on your on mobile device and you have not designed your website to be optimized for device. A simple thing. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> that's one thing. Another thing is that when people fill up forms, this information has to land somewhere Mm-hmm. And if you're lucky and you have done your work well, uh, hopefully you should be getting hundreds of leads. Great. But trying to manage hundreds of leads in an Excel sheet is quite difficult. So yeah. uh, connecting it to a CRM uh, is something useful. And uh, there are a lot of CRM systems uh, today around. Uh, okay. There are very affordable ones. There are free yeah. ones. Uh, I'll let you do your search about CRM systems. But these are, well, the, the three, four tips or tools I think is important in the equation. Yeah, great. I, I really like that. And I think uh, for our listeners out there, there's some really practical information there and stuff that's not going to break the bank, guys. You know, um, adding your, your Google Analytics and, and, and having some sort of metrics and forms as well. These, these are actions you can take now for little or no investment that can really give you a better insight in what your personas or your customers are doing. So thank you so much, Bertie, for that great advice. Really enjoyed our conversation and it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks again for having me, Jim. Cheers. No problems. Pleasure. Great. So, 
Welcome back to Gerald and Mark. Um, as you've been listening in on the conversation with Bertie, just wanted to get your thoughts on, on what you feel about lead conversion or conversion rate optimization and, and the discussion that we have. Gerald, do you want to go first? Yeah, thanks, Jay. Um, a very interesting topic, uh, conversion rate optimization. And I have the personal feeling that this is something that is either very unknown or overseen by by people we just think um, we're going to build a, a website or an app we're going to make it super beautiful we don't even know why we are putting these buttons and forms here we're putting the, them here because we went onto the competition website and they have a sign up form and they have yeah. this uh, callback button so we're going to do the same thing but put ours bigger and bluer and rounder mm-hmm. and, and 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 hope it works and but there are reasons why uh, these things are there. There are reasons why your competitors have put them in that particular place. And this reason is that they have studied their website. They have studied the behavior of their uh, users. Of their users, and that's why they have put these things there. And for them, it is working. That doesn't necessarily mean that for you it will also work. It's good to copy, but sometimes you need to know how to copy and, and why you are copying things. And, and, and CRO, conversion rate optimizations, allowed you to understand all of that. And uh, yeah, it was very interesting to hear from, from, from a guy who is uh, very knowledgeable and very passionate about, about that. And I would just like to highlight two, two quick things that, uh, that he said. Um, first of all, um, the topic of conversion itself, like lead conversion, yep. um, it is very important to also distinguish that you do not only have sales conversion or sales lead, but there is also that very important notion of marketing qualified leads. Yep. Uh, these are basically people that are now, you know, interested, kind of in, interested in you, in your service, but not really uh, mature yet to convert into a sales, yeah. like to give you their money. So uh, you need to find a way to capture these leads and these marketing leads, uh, which we say they are the top of the funnel, yeah. probably at the awareness phase and you need to know how to speak with them at the awareness phase uh, stage and uh, how to connect with them and, and, and that leads me to, to the, the, the second point and this is one of uh, a very important point in, in, in your sales life cycle you know it's um, as he said you know having empathy for your for your users for your potential customers and your customers because at the end of the day you know you cannot um, pretend to try to solve a problem if you do not really understand what is the problem what so is the true. pain point of the of the of the customer uh, and if you do not understand that if you don't have the empathy to understand what is the pain point of your customer the only thing that you will be doing is a lot of noise yep. and probably annoy that potential customer of, of yours who will end up with your competitor who would have shown more empathy. Um, so yeah, these, these are the, the two points that I, I, I have penned down. And I think a last one uh, which connect with empathy is this process of creating trust between you and your audience and i find super interesting and uh, when he said you know when you create trust with uh, with your with your audience it also acts as a barrier to entry yeah that was a, that was an interesting point yeah that that's a very interesting point i think so yeah guys uh, marketers out there you know um, not don't just focus on uh, sales conversion and saying that you're not converting your sales, but there is also the marketing qualified leads. Also focus on them, nurture them down the, the conversion funnel. And yeah, create trust and build empathy.
Yeah, great. Love it. And yourself, Mark, what, uh, what were your thoughts? Bottom line, bottom line, bottom line, cash is king. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love this, this MQL and your marketing qualified leads and uh -huh. conversion rate, blah, blah, blah. And all those, all those marketing, I would say almost marketing BS. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was interesting to hear from a marketing guy that the ultimate goal is the bottom line, making, making a sale. Yeah, and, and and there is a marketing funnel and there is a sales funnel and and yes, of course you cannot do B2B like B2C and, and, and even if you're doing B2C, but depending on the type of C that you're targeting, and it to the example of this high net worth individuals, uh, well that may be taken as a B2B instead of a B2C. So I think that understanding who you're selling is very important because that drives your marketing, uh, that explains why you're doing what you're doing and how you need to do it uh, but at the end of the day you're doing this only to increase your bottom line so and, and that's and that's that's to me that sales well that's actually marketing and sales and I, I, I'm always annoyed by uh, when we talk about sales and marketing because yeah. anytime marketing comes before sales so that should be marketing and sales uh, and that's my logic behind that yeah. you, know, you do marketing first to to feed your sales funnel. Um, so so you, need, you need the bait to get the fish on your hook, and then you need really to work that line and the fish on the hook so that you can, you know, basically winding up um, the, the fish out of the water, but, but you need both. But I, 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 it, was, it was pleasant to hear, you know, and I was kind of worried at the beginning, so this is gonna be a pure marketing discussion. <laughs> and, that's, and that's exactly, Honestly, what I'm, I know what I'm telling to, to, to the startup I'm coaching um, because all those guys are very happy. They're building, and, and I heard as well that Bertie was talked about that. You're building a product and you're, you're fantasizing on your product. And, and actually, um, just yesterday, so one of the, of the startup I'm coaching pitched uh, in front of, a, of, a, of an investor. And basically, the guys would say, yeah, your thing is very interesting, but well, you don't get a single customer. Yeah. So come back <laughs> when, when you sell something, okay? We may, we may be looking into putting money on, on the table, but not until we know that your thing is selling. And, and, and that's kind of, uh, and it should be a wake-up call for any venture on this planet, for any entrepreneur, startup, or uh, anybody who launches an idea. Uh, and we had this discussion, Jason, actually before the show, it's just, yeah. hey, how do we make money? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, it may not. It may not be the ultimate goal. Yeah, you want to please people. You want to create something which is bigger than yourself. Well, um, you cannot do that if you don't make money, one way or another. So mm -hmm. money is not the end. Uh, it's a means to an end, but but it's it's a necessary means. So yeah. Bottom yeah. line. Bottom line. Bottom line. Cash is king. Cash is king, bottom line. But uh, yeah, and I think it's, it is strange, like from what you both say, um, it's one of the things that is, is overlooked and, and that partnership between, let's call it marketing and sales um, is, is sometimes it's not as coherent as it should be in order to ensure that you get the, the right amount of people converting and buying your product. And um, just to share my own personal thoughts, uh, one of the things, and, and he speaks about the logic and not a theory, and, and one of the things about if you start to truly understand that logic of the reason you're doing the marketing is to generate the sales and to convert the sales, once you start doing that and you, you've done those you know, foundational elements of your personas, your customer journey, your buyer's journey, all of those, all of those things, once you do that, you are able to make small changes that have big effects. I can give you an example personally from, from my company at Tutomy. We added one button because of a direct information that we got when empathizing with our customer through the journey. We added a more information button on each of our tutors, uh, on each of their pages, their profiles. Now, by just adding that button, we generated so many more leads than we even knew before. So. They are small actions that once you get the foundational logic behind it, there's small actions 
that can convert to big impact. And I hope today listeners out there, um, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs out there can take some of this and understand that they can make, they can apply small things that don't cost a lot of money to experiment and get results and impact. So um, I, I encourage the entrepreneurs listening to have a play around, really think about your customer, think about their pain points, and then think about them in relation to your product and service that you're offering. So guys, I just wanted to say thank you so much, Gerald and Mark. It's been a pleasure as always. And to our listeners out there, we hope that you've enjoyed our show today. You've been listening to Entrepreneurs Talk Africa, your source of inspiration and action from African leaders and founders. Good night. It's a wrap. And remember, cash is king.